Welcome to the iHealth Podcast, a podcast for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health from Westchester, New York. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, just want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the iHealth Podcast. Today I have a special guest, his name is Dan Fazzino. Dan is actually my personal jiu-jitsu coach. I've been training with him for around two years now. He's an awesome instructor and really just an overall awesome person. His school is Black Hole Westchester, and it's located in Cortland Manor, New York. Um, we have some exciting things in this podcast. We're going to go over kind of jiu-jitsu for beginners and really how to advance your jiu-jitsu skills as well as who is Jiu-Jitsu for, the mindset of Jiu-Jitsu and kind of just everything about Jiu-Jitsu. And he really is knowledgeable in the sport, and it's an awesome podcast. Uh, we just recorded it, and I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I, I did in recording. Thanks for listening. Here we go. What's up, Dan? Louis, already? All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name's Dan Fazzino. I've been training jiu-jitsu for about 10 years. Um, you know, right now I'm under black hole jiu-jitsu, but that's not uh, where I've been for my entire journey. So uh, do you want to start with, you know, what jiu-jitsu is or what? Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's let's take that and run with it. So because, you know, I'm curious actually too, like how you got started into this, like what, what led you into jiu-jitsu? You know, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting thing to find. So how'd you, how'd you find it? Yeah. So, uh, I didn't like, it wasn't martial art or kind of like grappling thing that I did. I started in high school. I wrestled and, you know, I wrestled for a couple of years in high school and had a lot of fun with that. It was the only sport that I really enjoyed. And, uh, from there I ended up, you know, going to college and I didn't wrestle in college. It wasn't good enough, but, um, in college, a friend of mine got me into judo, which, I mean, if you've wrestled or done judo, it's very similar. It's just you have like a gi on, a judo gi. So it's like kind of like a karate uniform or whatever, you know, something like that is the uh, easiest way to describe it. But the whole goal of judo is to either, you know, throw your, your opponent to the ground uh, with force or submit them with like a arm lock or a choke, something like that. So I wrestled and then I did judo. And I really got into judo in college where I was training every single day and I loved it. But the only thing about judo that I wasn't a big fan of is they have a lot of rules where you could easily get disqualified, you know, things like certain leg positionings, pushing the face, grips, whatever. And I wasn't a huge fan of that. So uh, one of my judo told me about jujitsu, which is pretty much the same thing, except with no rules. And uh, he told me about a gym up in Peekskill who, uh, where, you know, there was an instructor teaching jujitsu and it was actually Justin Delgado, who, you know, I know he's a good friend of ours. Um, he started teaching out of adrenaline as a blue belt. So there was like my first introduction to jujitsu. Wow, um, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. I started doing that and uh, judo kind of fell by the wayside really quickly, you know. I, I didn't know you were into judo. And honestly, I didn't even know judo was, was similar to wrestling you know when i look at it i'm like what's really going on there just i always thought like the premise of judo was just to throw people and that's how you got points is that kind of what that is 
Yeah, I mean, so the whole thing with judo is you start the match standing and you're looking to throw your partner to the ground, whereas like wrestling, you're looking to take them down. You know, you could throw in wrestling, but the goal is to either take them down, which you could point, you know, you would get a point for. If you throw them decisively, the match is over in judo, whereas wrestling, really? you could pin them or, you know, work to a tech fall. But yeah. uh, in judo, you could also pin your opponent down. So if you pin them uh, on their back for 15 seconds, you win the match. So mm. a lot of similarities between judo and wrestling. The only difference is that you could also do submission holds. So like chokes, arm locks, which, you know, adds another element to it and makes it a lot more fun. That's interesting. I, I'm, I was watching a video the other day of somebody doing judo. It was like this, uh, this big, like, Asian guy who looks, he kind of looks like super out of shape, but he was just tossing guys, man. He was, uh, he was pretty impressive. Oh yeah. Some of those heavyweight judo guys, they don't look like athletes, but they're look like a kid, man. They move quick and they could send someone through the air before, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I was training and, you know, it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, I competed a couple times under him. Uh, different tournaments you know he always tried to get everyone to go out and compete and like that was the first time I kind of saw what the jiu-jitsu community looks like like I was used to doing high school sports or college sports where all the people that you train with and compete with are people your age whereas mm-hmm. you, you get people from all different walks of life so I remember walking into training and I had you know uh state troopers there's doctors there's lawyers there's garbage men you know you get people from all different areas but jujitsu is kind of something where you all kind of unite and train together so it's my first experience with like a sport that brought people who were very different um you know all together to do the same thing it was pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah that is pretty cool about jujitsu it's it's like uh there's no language there's no there's no uh there's no discrimination, you know, you just go in and you just learn. It's a, it's a very uh, cool sport. What you bring to the table is what you have on the mats. You know, what you do outside of there doesn't matter for that one hour, two hour class that you're in. Yeah. But, so uh, why, why, why do you like it so much? Like, why did you, cause obviously when did you start? So whew, I think I started jujitsu probably 2010, or 2011. So I, mm-hmm. I graduated in high school 2009, and I didn't start right out of high school. I did – actually, out of high school, I did traditional, like, Japanese jiu-jitsu, which it's kind of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu with less live sparring, more of an emphasis on, like, you know, like, standing, striking, and self-defense. But it was it was a little bit cheesy. There wasn't really as much, like, the live element, the sparring, which I think is one of the big things of jiu-jitsu is everything you learn in class, you get to try live against a resisting opponent. So you know it works and you know it doesn't. Whereas this was kind of like you're learning moves that are too dangerous to practice on your partners. You know, it's kind of like hokey a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's when I started. And uh, yeah, from uh, from adrenaline, you know, Justin had to close down. He was still in school. He was too busy. So... I ended up training at uh, Thornwood, which was like one of the biggest gyms in New York for a long time under Steve Guardian and uh, met a lot of the people we still train with today there. So, uh, you know, that was a big part of my journey. I ended up getting up to uh, Purple Belt at Thornwood during my time there. I actually started wrestling in college. You know, what I learned in judo and my high school wrestling and jujitsu kind of gave me enough to get out there and compete at college level, which was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, after Thornwood, we, uh, you know, the gym closed down and Jojo Gorin from East Coast United actually ended up opening up a gym five minutes from my house. So uh, 
I got the opportunity to train there, teach there for a while with uh, Justin, again, was also one of the instructors there. He was teaching striking. Uh, my buddy, Joff, um, you know, who I've trained with for a long time, he was also one of the instructors there. And, uh, you know, from there, ECU closed because it was their second location and they kind of had, you know, their, their business was split too much between their main gym and their gym, so they ended up not lasting for that long. But uh, that's where I got to where I am today, training at Black Hole Jiu-Jitsu with Mike Wacker. You know, it was one of the best gyms in the area, and uh, I was super happy to get to train under Mike. That's really cool. That's, a, that's an interesting story. Like, So you would say for Jiu-Jitsu, you, you're doing it at least 10 years, right? Yeah, I've been training probably around, I'd say at least 10 years at this point, like somewhere between 10 and 11 years. Is that typical for someone, let's say, who's a beginner, who's like, all right, in 10 years, I can get to your level? Like, what does it take to get from a be- beginning level to kind of like a black, an advanced black belt where you're actually teaching and stuff like that and have your own school? Well, I'd say everyone's different. I'd say there's people who can definitely get their black belt faster than I did and probably improve much faster than I did. You know, you see that with some people in the gym now. They're uh, catching up to me pretty quick where they're actually, you know, hard training partners in the gym and, you know, real threats. And then, you know, some people have a different path where they're going a little bit slower, but they're doing it more for fitness and leisure. And it's fun. You know, it depends what you put into it, you know. Mm -hmm. I I trained a lot. Like when I got into this, I probably – train you know to begin with every other day and probably halfway through my training i was training every single day when i started training at the black hole it was it's like a 45 minute drive for me and i was making that drive every single day to go up and train so a lot of it is what you put into it and you know who you have as an instructor you know i've been really lucky you know to be able to train especially once uh, i started training at black hole and the He's an amazing coach. You know, he, uh, he brought me really far in jiu-jitsu. You know, he, from day one when I started there, he, he wasn't easy on me. He was really forcing me to look at the holes in my game instead of, you know, using things, you know, that I was good at, like my judo as a crutch and forcing me to get better and really uh, focus, you know, dri- uh, driving me to compete. You know, before I even started training there, Wacker had recognized me from like an in-house tournament we did at Thornwood where one of his guys beat the crap out of me. And he mm-hmm. saw me competing at a tournament with no coach there. And he didn't even know my name. He just hopped in my corner and started coaching me. And that's that's he's, uh, he's that kind of guy. It's very cool. What, what do you think the importance of is, is in competing really? Because that's, that's a good, that's an important thing, right? You just said that you got better through competition. Now, do you think, that competition is a necessary part of the sport to advance or do you think you could still get pretty good just kind of rolling consistently and learning that way so competition is kind of a double-edged sword i know like mike still to this day pushes me to compete 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 and i'm not you know i enjoy training i really like training i like training against the toughest training partners that i can find and it's fun once you add the competition element to it, there's kind of more stress there, but it's different. You get competition nerves. And I'd say if you want to get as good as you can, as quickly as you can, competing is important because it forces you to really evaluate the holes in your game. You know, you might have people at the gym who they know your style. So when you put them in a certain position, they do this, they do that. And you kind of get a lot of the same stuff over and over and over. Whereas when you go out there and compete against somebody else, someone your level, 
from a different gym who has a different style and they're going out there to win. They might be the toughest person who rolls the hardest at their gym. You see what really works and what doesn't work. You know, you can get away with things in the gym that you won't get away with against another competitor, your level. Mm. So, you know, you'll improve very quickly, but at the same time, I don't like to push everybody to compete because some people don't have that competitive drive. You know, there's a higher risk of injury competing a lot. People in tournaments are going really hard. You know, there's a lot to it. So like, it can definitely help you improve much faster, but at the same time, you can't, it can't be, you can't be pulling teeth to go to compete. You know, if you really don't want to do it, then it's something that might not be great for you. Yeah. That's a fair point. And I think a lot of people don't have enough time to really put the preparation into competition. You know, if you go out there and not trusting in your preparation because your cardio is not there, you're out of shape or you're second guessing your technique, like you can't go out there and second guess yourself. You have to go out there and give it a hundred percent because there's a good chance your opponent is. And if you don't, you know, pull the trigger and really go for things, you know, they're going to do it to you and you're going to get hurt. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a big factor for me too. When I think about it, like, obviously, you know, I have to protect my hands and stuff like that. And competition level is, is a totally different level, you know? So, so a lot of like what way I think about jujitsu too is, um like from a self-defense standpoint like what is your thoughts on that like what is the base level of self-defense in jiu-jitsu how realistic do you think it is like just for protection like if something was to happen well if you had to grapple with somebody you know i think jiu-jitsu is one of the best things you can do i mean you have jiu-jitsu you have like boxing kickboxing i think the martial arts where you actually spar full live against a resisting opponent and get to test what it's like to have somebody fight back against you or what you can actually use for self-defense. You know, there's a lot of martial arts out there that you practice katas, punching the air, or you do moves that are too dangerous to ever practice on your partners. And then if you ever needed to do them in a self-defense situation, you wouldn't have the memory to actually do them. But at the same time, you know, I don't think you should be training jujitsu with the mindset that, okay, I know jujitsu, I'm going to go start trouble because I can defend myself. Because realistically, nowadays, no one's going to fight you hand-to-hand with honor. You know, someone's going to punch you in the back of the head. Someone has a weapon. You're going to jail if you win the fight anyway. Like, there's nothing – you got nothing to gain from fighting, you know, outside of the gym. It's really it, – it's good to have the confidence to know you can defend yourself. But, you know, use it as a workout. Use it as a confidence builder. Do it as a sport for fun. Like, I think – a lot of martial arts nowadays, it's good to have, but I don't know how safe it's going to keep you when it really comes down to it. Hmm. Why, why is that, though? Because that's an interesting point. Like, I, I understand the, the ability to like, develop confidence in any martial art, really, but like, say someone who's trained in um, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu, like, how, how would they not have an advantage over someone who's like, not trained? And let's say that the person who's not trained is the one who's starting trouble, you know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely have an advantage. No question about it. I think that someone who's trained for three months in jiu-jitsu would be able to handle probably 95% of like hand-to-hand encounters that they run into, unless the person is much bigger or stronger than them. Like if someone's mm-hmm. trained a little bit of jiu-jitsu, the advantage they have over somebody else in like, you know, hand-to-hand fight is enormous. It's just, I'm saying it's not worth it to it's better to try to avoid those situations as much as you can because what 70% of men carry knives around everybody's behind you. You know, it's just like, it's, 
Is that, is that is that really a true statistic? Seventy percent of men carry knives. Uh, let's look it up. I think it's up there. I, I just bought a I bought a pretty cool machete. I'm not gonna lie, and it was, it's a uh, it's, like it's like a mini sword. But yeah, for protection, you never know what everything going on. Obviously, right now, you know, I got made fun of for carrying or uh, for uh, purchasing a sword to protect myself during all this. So, <laughs> my stuff. I think we should we should circle back around to self defense because that's a good topic. But um, before we get too much into this, like let's talk about like what is the base level of jujitsu? Because you know a lot of times when I try to describe it to people, you know I obviously it's very challenging for me to describe because I'm like, oh yeah, you pretty much are on the floor, uh, but you can choke each other. You know, like so as someone who has no idea what it is, like how do you describe the fundamentals of it? I still have trouble describing jujitsu to people at some okay. point. Uh, I get told, you know, like, oh, my nephew's a black belt in karate, too. And then I just give up and walk away. But uh, <laughs> I'd say it's pretty much like you're looking to, if you're looking at like a jiu-jitsu match, you're looking to take the opponent down, control them, you know, through a dominant position, you know, mount, back control, side control. And then you're looking to do a submission, which would be like an arm lock, a chokehold, a leg lock. And at that point, your opponent would tap. And that means you win, you know, and then you restart. So it's pretty much like if you've ever seen uh, high school wrestling, college wrestling, judo, it's a grappling art just like that. So you're not kicking, you're not punching. Um, you know, a lot of people who want to try jujitsu but don't understand what it is, they're like, oh, I don't want to get punched in the face, you know? And it's like, that's not what jujitsu is. You can really go full live and spar without being too banged up to do it again the next day. You know, you're not getting hit, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, you're wrestling with an opponent who's going 100%. And it's, you know, very physically demanding it's probably the hardest thing that i've ever done wise so, I mean, yeah yeah it's a wrestling match with submission holds is what jiu-jitsu is yeah that's a, that's a fair fair way to put it what, what do you think about the aspect of like you know the primal component of like jiu-jitsu and and just in humans in general but obviously uh it is a heavily kind of male dominated sport do you think there's like a primal aspect like the history you know how much of this is is in, in our dna from our history absolutely i mean you look at lots of different societies throughout the past and they've always had different versions of combat sports whether you know you look at the gladiator amusement you look at you know re- i mean wrestling dates back to like the greek times it's been around forever. i think people love to compete it's kind of hardwired into us to compete and what better way to compete than go head to head with another person, you know, it's just you versus them. There's no ball, there's no bat, there's no, you know, there's no other, no other tools. It's just you versus them. And, you know, you're pretty much, you're putting, you're competing against your opponent and the goal is to make it so they can't fight back anymore. Like you're beating them into submission. That's what you're doing in jujitsu. So I'd say the primal aspect of it is huge. And that's why you see so many different people love it you know no matter what their backgrounds are you see people from everywhere do jujitsu because it's really fun you know it's it's probably one of the best workouts you can get um, yeah i agree I, I like for me you know personally obviously when i when i roll it's very much uh primal and it very much is like the fact that you can go almost 100 percent even in a class is super beneficial because you're you're able to take it to the, the, the barrier of like, versus like kickboxing or boxing. Like you could really hurt someone, you know, Absolutely. Where at, at jujitsu, like there's a, 
it's like, all right, I'm going to take you here. And then you just tap and you kind of just move on. It's pretty cool. Yes. That's the hard thing with those striking arts. Is like you hear about all of these athletes getting CTE in the gym because they spar too hard. It's like you can, how hard can you really train boxing or kickboxing in the gym before you're actually doing permanent damage to people? Whereas jujitsu, you can roll near a hundred percent. I'd say if you were going a hundred percent competition speed, you know, things get, you kind of like put your opponent's safety in a tournament by the wayside and winning is the most important goal, which kind of sucks. You know, you don't really do that in the gym, mm-hmm. but, but you know, you could still roll 99% and give it almost everything you have where it's like at the end of a roll, you could be gasping for air because you push so hard. And it's when somebody else is fighting back, it's much easier to get to that point than it is, you know, running on a treadmill, you know, it's kind of boring doing any sort of exercise outside is not the same as you wrestling against an opponent. It's like a high intensity workout where you're also trying to stay a step ahead. You're playing like a chess game while doing the hardest workout of your life. So there's, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a, that's so true. Wh- who's ideal person for like jujitsu? If like someone's, someone's out there listening and they're like, I've heard about this thing. I don't know if it's for me. Like, how do you, what do you say? Like should be your client walking through the door? Um, it depends it depends who you're you know who you're talking about if you're looking for somebody to be the best they can the quickest they can you get someone like uh james who walked in six months ago and is probably like 25 or 26 and one in tournaments just submitting everybody you know he came in as a high school wrestler he's a physical specimen to begin with very athletic very coachable listens really well and he, you know, like coaching him at a tournament is like playing a video game. I say something and he does exactly what I say, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that you don't always get that combination. Sometimes you get somebody who's very athletic, coachable or very coachable, but they're not athletic. And then having the wrestling background to begin with, you started down. you know, that's like the ideal student as far as somebody who is easy to prepare for competition, but really, if you're looking for something that's a fun way to get a cardio workout in and a strength workout in, and it doesn't leave you bored, you know, like you have to listen to a podcast or music to run on a treadmill because it's so boring for you, you know, come try out jujitsu. There's a lot of different there's the people who compete really hard and want to push. And there's the people who do it casually. We're just looking to learn the self-defense martial art. They're looking to get a little workout in, make friends, build community. You know, there's, there's something for everyone at jujitsu and you know, we let people come and try it for free. So it's not like you have anything to lose. Just, you know, stop in and see if you like it. We have men, women, kids, you know, people all ages. It's uh, there's really something at jujitsu for everybody. As long as you give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a good point. Yeah. Cause, cause just thinking about like who's in the gym, there's all walks of life there, you know, and, and it's actually, it's, it's probably, it's probably one of the best communities because there's nothing better than kicking the shit out of each other and then, you know, slapping hands after, right? There's like a, there's a bond there. <laughs> kicking the shit out of each other, going to war with your uh, training partners and then going and having a beer afterwards and kind of uh, laughing about it. You know, it's, it's something that you can't really recre- recreate anywhere else. It's something that combat sports kind of all together bring to the table. The, the camaraderie you build training and pushing that hard with your teammates and against other people is something hard to replicate anywhere else. Yeah. So you, you said something about like uh, bringing kids there too. Like, what do you think is the importance in these kids? Like, have you, cause, cause I got to imagine when you're, when you're treating or when you're coaching like young kids, you have to see a change in their entire 
like personality almost, right? Like what is your experience with kids? Do you think kids are uh, beneficial to starting jujitsu early? You know? Oh, absolutely. I think the, I mean, first and foremost, the athleticism and the strength and like the, the body control, almost like the kinesthetic awareness of knowing where your joints are that you build in jujitsu. Like even with the warmups we do at the beginning, some of these kids come in their first day and not even just kids, adults, and they look like a, a baby deer walking on ice. Their legs are going every different direction and they, you know, they uh, mm-hmm. have a lot of trouble with the warm up. And you do one or two weeks of like the warm ups we do and they're, they move fluid. They really have an idea of how to control their body. And I mean, that's just part of the physical aspect. But as far as, you know, like confidence building, you look at a kid like, I'm sure you remember Charleston when he started. He was a very shy kid. You know, he wouldn't even look at some of the adults when he talked to them. And now he's best friends with the adults. He jokes around with them. You know, like the, the amount of confidence you build being in that room and, you know, training with your friends there, it's, it's something that it's hard to find somewhere else, you know? And yeah. you know, one of my favorite parts of it, you see these kids, you, maybe they went to different schools, they're younger and, you know, they train. And when they start training with each other, they're, you know, they're a little bit cold to each other. It's like, they don't really know each other yet. And then a month, two months down the line, you hear that, Oh, I'm going to a play date at this kid's house. And it's like someone who they never would have met outside of jujitsu. You know, they're meeting friends here and actually forming friendships outside of the gym that'll last, you know, a long time. They're, you know, they're building community there that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's great to see, you know, they build confidence. They are friendly with each other. They're helpful. You know, some of the older kids in the gym who have trained longer, they'll take younger kids under the wing. And it's like something you expect from an adult, but you don't expect it from a a six-year-old or a seven-year-old kid bringing the four-year-old under their wing and letting them win at the games we play and teaching them. And Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Great to see yeah, yeah. I, I look back and I wish I kind of did like uh, something like this when I was younger because it would have really helped. I could just I could just really tell how much it would have helped, like my confidence um, and just my ability to kind of show up, you know, and just be present in life and just, you know, just be OK with that. Definitely. I would have loved to have started early. I would have spent a lot less time uh, you know, throwing my life away playing video games for 12 hours a day instead of. Uh doing something that could have got me in better shape and you know brought me someone yeah i mean and if any, anyone's out there who has kids like jujitsu pretty much is like a real life video game like you said before it's it's really it's pretty amazing yeah if you're trying to get them off of Fortnite for a while bring them in bring them in and let them try jujitsu it'll uh <laughs> be fun to do you know to make other friends and get a good workout and you know learn to defend themselves build confidence it's really it's uh it's a win-win for them absolutely so, so what are some advice you have for kind of let's let's start with beginners and then we'll go to intermediate and then let's discuss like just kind of someone how to get to that next level. Like what are basic levels of advice for each stage of your jujitsu kind of career or, you know, your jujitsu, uh, I guess, progression, really? So I'd say as a beginner, one of the most important things is you, you know, you listen to your body. I think when you, beginners start off. Sometimes you have people who come in and give it 110% and make it every single day and they start to get overuse injuries really quick because it takes time for your body to actually, you know, build up the strength and the endurance to be able to deal with doing multiple days in a row. So you need to be careful not to overdo it and get yourself hurt um, just because, you know, it is really physically demanding. It's not, um, you know, it's not easy, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, start off you can start slow and kind of build up and take rounds off 
But if you go in and try to give it 100% from day one, you know, this isn't something that you've done before. You haven't prepared for it, so it's going to be hard. But um, I'd say definitely listening to your body. If you're achy and you feel beat up, stay home. You know, come in the next day and you could push hard that day. But listen to your body. Um, as you, when you're new, listen to your coaches. Please just come to class, learn the moves in class, ask questions from the upper belts and the coaches in the gym. But going home and learning stuff on YouTube and then trying to do it to your training partners when you don't know how to do it <laughs> is one of the most difficult things you could do in the gym. So as a beginner, I'd say definitely don't do that. Um, how do you, how do you fight or how do you really uh, teach people not to get discouraged? Because, you know, obviously I've, I've been doing it only for about two years now. And the first like six months is like, you feel defenseless. It's, it's really extremely challenging. Like, how do you, how do you coach people on not to get discouraged in that beginning phase and not to give up? It's hard. I mean, you got to remember that also you're one of the biggest and strongest ones in the gym. And I'm sure there's some days where you'd still get discouraged, but I think that's, you don't want someone to be so discouraged that they're going to quit. Right. But at the yeah. same time, this discouragement and this struggle and like working through the tough days and the adversity is good for people. You know, it's not good to always have things easy. You know, life isn't supposed to be that way and being able to work through that adversity makes yeah. you stronger, it makes you better. But, you know, for people who are really having trouble learning, you know, you, I try to set them up in scenarios where they have the opportunity to win, whether, you know, you pair them up with somebody who's a little bit newer than them or a good matchup for them or someone who might be better but is willing to let them work and let them learn. You know, like it's important that, you know, it's almost like the 70-30 the rule where like you, everybody has to win sometimes or they're not going to have fun with it. They're going to quit, you know. So kind of I try to put people in scenarios where they can succeed or even something as simple as like positional drills where it's like, okay, if I go live against this person and I just get beat up every single time, well, maybe we work a drill where I start on your back with like half of a rear naked choke sunk in. Then, well, it'd be really hard to lose that. You know, you get victories there and you learn and then you kind of build towards that spot when you do it live next time. But uh, a lot of it is making sure people understand that they're, everyone in the room is going to progress at a similar rate unless, you know, someone is a standout. But, you know, the progress you've made is much easier to see when you have new people coming in who are actually brand new because you might not be able to beat the people who started the same day you did. But somebody who comes in brand new off the street, if you've been training for three months, you're going to do really well against them. If you're going to if you've been training for six months, you're going to crush them. You know, if you're training for a year, you know, you could toy around with them and throw them around like they've never trained before because they haven't. You know, mm -hmm. you really have to mark your progress against newer people and mark your progress against you where you were the class before the month before the year before you know like compare yourself to yourself not to other people yeah i think that's i think that's that's massive man like really that's like anything in life right you have to always only compare yourself to yourself you know and, and especially with jiu-jitsu you have to leave your ego kind of at the front door there absolutely yeah if you spend all your time comparing yourself to how you do against your other training partners it's not uh it's not going to be easy on you, you know? yeah what about intermediate? Let's take it to the next level. So if I'm kind of getting to the later blue stage, intermediate level, how do I get better? What, or what's some advice that you really give your students there? So once you have the groundwork laid down, you know what to do, you know, as far as like, you, you have your basics down, you have a general idea of how to defend submissions, how to escape, how to pass. That's when you can start looking at your, uh, you know, especially start asking questions. If you see an upper belt in the gym who has jiu-jitsu game that you like 
start to ask them and start to try to figure stuff out or start to do some research at home. You know, I said, if you're brand new, you shouldn't be looking stuff up. But if you know that you want to start playing a deep half guard or you want to work more of your takedowns or you like, you know, to do rolling back takes and taking the back, then start looking up some instruction on it, trying things, you know, showing it to your instructor, see if they can guide you through it and like start to specialize. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of the big things about jujitsu is that not everybody does it the same way. You have different body types, different strength levels, you know, different flexibility and people use what they have to their advantage. So if you see something that you really like that works for you, try to get really good at it. And then you can kind of figure out where all of the other pieces fall around it. So like, if you're really good at taking the back, then you know how to turn guard passes into taking back, you know how to turn sweeps into taking the back, you know how to turn your opponents near submission, you know, you escape it and get right to the back. Like you kind of, build a game around what you're good at and it makes the rest of jiu-jitsu make a lot more sense if you get really good at one thing then how everything else ties into that one thing will kind of build a bigger picture for you whereas if you just try to be a jack of all trades and know a little bit of everything when you go up against somebody who specializes they're going to beat you with that thing they specialize at because you know that's what they're really really good at so i'd say it's important to build up that fundamental base to begin with but then it's time to specialize and get really good at something and that'll make everything else kind of fit together better. Hmm. That's a, I never heard that. That's really good advice. And the same thing goes for, you know, the advanced level. Once you start really getting better, you know, spending a lot of time positional drilling and working in one spot will give you the nuance there, teach you the little details that, you know, if you just roll live, you might only see one position, you know, you might see the position once a roll and that's it. You know, how much time are you really getting practicing that one spot? And learning, you know, you kind of need to drill stuff over and over to learn things, you know, we're repetitive learners. So to really get good quickly, one of the best things you could do is, you know, repeatedly drilling the same spot. Um, even like, you know, we will work certain moves in class. We work a move where it's all from butterfly guard or all for ball control. And then I like to try to have you guys drill, you know, for at least 10 minutes, 12 minutes, positional drills from that spot so that you get a lot of looks at the same exact thing we learned, a lot of looks at defending thing we learned so that when you go and you see that position in a role, you see it two weeks from now or a month from now, you kind of have it drilled into your memory what you do from here because you spent a lot of time doing it live. Whereas if you t- learn the moving class and then go right into rolling, you know, or live sparring is what we, uh, we call rolling, you know, you might not remember it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. It, it's drilling is important, you know, and, and a lot of people just like the roll, right? Cause it's fun. Um, but yeah, I think you're right with the, you got to make sure you drill it and practice it to, to make sure it stays. Yeah. So being is fun too. It's just, I think people have certain spots they're very good at. And when you go and roll, you like to try to force the match right into the spot you're good at and play there. But honestly, positional drilling might be the best thing for you then because it's forcing you to get outside of your little box and learn something new. That's probably a whole new game that you need to work on anyway. Mm-hmm. but uh sometimes especially for the upper belts who've been training longer it's a hard pill to swallow when you have someone who's newer than you start on your back and they actually choke you you know it's an eye-opener you're not immune to these things you, you know you need to work on getting better too yeah that's it's yeah it's important to get choked <laughs> so tell me about uh black hole westchester tell me about your story like when did you guys open when did you open the gym kind of i know you're moving to a new spot so we'll get into that as well and we'll kind of just take it as it goes yeah so uh you know i I kind of thought i wanted to open up a gym 
Um, I had talked to my coach, Mike Lacker, about it. You know, I, I fought MMA at a black hole. I won an amateur title, and that was, like, something I wanted to check off my bucket list before I opened up. You know, I got my black belt, and then, you know, I was kind of just training, and the opportunity kind of fell into my lap. There was a gym that was uh, running in Cortland out of uh, a strength training facility, uh, Massey Machado. So uh, they were there and it was five minutes from my house. So I was training them and training a black hole back and forth. And then the instructor who was running in the gym out of Matthew Machado, uh, you know, he quit there. He moved and opened up a gym somebody somewhere else. So they had mats and they needed somebody to be an instructor there. So uh, I talked to Craig, one of the owners of uh, the facility, uh, you know, a good friend of mine. And I talked to Mike and I said, you know, Mike, this is I think this is it. You know, if I don't take this opportunity, I don't know if it'll come up again. So we opened up uh, probably about two years ago, close to two years ago at this point, uh, maybe like a year and a half. And uh, we've been there, you know, on Crumpon Road uh, running the gym. You know, we started with just a couple classes a week. And now we have class every single day. We've got boxing, we've got wrestling, jujitsu, a kid's program. You know, we kind of built up pretty quickly. You know, I've been lucky. There's a lot of good guys at the spot. Um, plenty of people who've been happy to help out and run classes and not for more. We got a really good group of guys and everybody pushes hard. Everyone works hard. They all want to get better. A lot of the guys want to compete. You know, it's uh, a lot of hungry guys in the room who were trying to improve. So it's really a pleasure as a coach to see that. Very cool. That's a, uh, that's, that's exciting to have that much growth in two years. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to see that. And, you know, obviously you're, you're a great coach, so it's going to come to you, you know? So what are some downsides of kind of like opening the business and, you know, running a business really, obviously as a business owner, I know too, it's, it can be challenging. So like, what are some things that you had to kind of hurdle over as, as you kind of grew it? Well, uh, yeah, it's definitely from the outside. It's things you don't think of, you know, like people go to jujitsu to do stress after a long work day and kind of just go in and get a workout in and zone out and, as a coach, you don't get to do that. You know, you have to be on. You need to be making sure everybody else is having that experience that you as a, as a student, you know, got. So, you know, I used to go to jiu-jitsu all the time and just train really hard. And I didn't really think about what was going on around me. I didn't worry about the group next to me who one person almost hurt the other person and this and that. You know, there's like a lot going on in the room that's very easy to just zone out and focus on your training. Whereas as the coach... You know, you're running around the room, making sure one group doesn't roll into another group, making sure that uh, people are doing stuff safely, because the last thing you want to see is see someone get hurt on your watch. You know, we've been really lucky at Portland. We haven't had a lot of injuries. You know, people train pretty safely, but um, it's definitely it's not the same experience as a coach as it is, you know, a student. You, you know, you always have to be keeping your eye on the room and making sure uh, everybody's OK. You know, as an instructor. Uh, teaching classes, one of the hard parts is making sure the content of what you're teaching fits the entire room. You know, so you have some guys who were very high level. They've been training a long time. You know, there's a couple of brown belts, really good brown belts, good purple belts in the room. Where if I'm teaching a class to the beginners, um, a lot of it is stuff they know before. You know, it's always good to polish up on the basics. But, you know, sometimes I've taught something three or four times already and they've seen it three or four times. So it's nice to have them to help the other people in the room. But at the same time, that's not the instruction they really are looking to learn. Um, and it's the same for the opposite. If I teach a class for those upper belts who've been training for a long time, you know, the advanced guys in the room, sometimes it's a little bit complicated for the newer people to learn. 
you know, and I'll try to make it as simple as possible or cut out the extra details that might not be the most important for me so that it's easier for them to learn. But finding that balance of, you know, teaching technique that's good enough for the newer guys and the more experienced guys is definitely one of the struggles of coaching. Yeah, I bet. That's cool. So what about the new gym? Tell me about it. I know kind of we're getting ready to move and I'm super excited for you and super excited to kind of honestly to get back to training too with everything going on. But tell me about kind of uh, what's going to be different. How do you, how are you laying this gym out? Like what can we expect or what can people who have never come to black hole expect from this, this new spot? Yeah. So uh, the new spot's going to be right down the road. It's uh, 2305 on road, really, really close. Um, the new spot is going to be huge. It's, you know, around 3,000 square feet. We're going to have showers. We're going to have weight equipment. Uh, like an air bike and a rubber, you know, just equipment so that if you don't want to have a gym membership somewhere else to go work out, you have the equipment you need to lift here. You know, get in basic lifting, basic cardio. Um, we're going to have a huge amount of mat space. You know, it's going to be probably more than 1,500 square feet of space. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. The, you know, the biggest issue we have now, I mean, you started when we were brand new, there was plenty of mat space to roll. And now there's so many people, we get like 30 people in a class, you know, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and uh, people need to sit out for rounds. So I'm really excited to see everyone able to roll on the mats at once, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is like, I don't like making people sit out, but for safety, when we have too many groups on the mat, you know, everyone's on top of each other. So you kind of have to. And I'm really looking forward to everyone being able to roll. Um, I'm looking forward to, we're going to update the schedule a little bit. You know, I'm not going to give any details about that yet, but, um, you know, we're probably going to have some more classes on the schedule, um, more beginner classes. Strictly uh, how the kids' schedule is organized a little bit, um, hopefully a little bit more striking on the schedule. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, I'm really excited. The expansion is going to be great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. And, and hopefully we can get in there real soon to kind of, to get moving but if people want to kind of find out more about you or the gym um where can we direct them do you have like an email do you have a website yeah so uh if you guys have any questions you can reach me at uh well let's start with uh, the black hole website so if you want to see the schedule or kind of all of the black hole pages it's uh blackholejj.com um that's going to be the main page for black hole um there's the different you know wappingers new pulse westchester Mayapack. there's all the different gyms on there as far as just the westchester location we have um we have our facebook page it's black hole bjj westchester you know we have technique videos we've been putting out uh, while all the gyms are closed information updates so we have that you can find us on instagram at uh, black hole bjj westchester and, um, you know, we got a YouTube channel too. You can search for Black Hole Westchester, or Daniel Fazino. You'll find us on there with all the technique videos. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome, man. Well, you know, I want to just tell everyone too, would like, if they're interested in any sort of jujitsu, like your school is the one to check out for sure. It's going to, Dan's a great coach and, and I highly recommend getting in there even for a free class, you know, and the community is great. So, if you're really interested, reach out, check it out, and um, good luck with that. <laughs> but, Dan, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to get back in the gym soon. Yeah, I hope to be back in too. And uh, if anyone has any questions, you can reach me at Black Hole Westchester at Gmail. You know, questions about schedule, uh, pricing, the new spot. You know, I'm happy to answer any questions. We've got a lot of free time right now. So, uh, 
Yeah, I can't wait to be back on the mats with you, man.